Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. I must admit, I've been truly fascinated not only by the many alternative financing methods that we're uncovering throughout this series, but but also for the wide array of excellent guests that have helped me to create this third series on, on financing. And I'm genuinely looking forward to sharing many of the interviews that I've already recorded over the coming weeks. And we've got another very interesting guest and indeed topic for you today. Last time out, we talked with Ben Shaw about his brand of peer-to-peer lending. And today we follow this up by talking to a guest who has worked on the inside of the creation of not one, but three startups in the peer-to-peer lending space. Formerly a funding circle, amongst others, but now working for a brokerage advising on how best to navigate the wide and varied array of peer-to-peer and crowdfunding lenders, let's hear my chat with Craig Snyder now. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Hi again, everybody. Uh, Richard again, obviously. And I'm joined right now by Craig Snyder from Totem Finance. Uh, Craig, hi. How are you? Hi, good afternoon. I'm well, thanks. Great. Well, thanks for joining me. And, um, you know, it's um, it's always valuable, I think, not only for me, but our listeners, when people such as yourself with the background that you've got, join us and, and share your knowledge. And I know also it's a weekend, so I especially appreciate that uh, for giving up your time at a weekend to, to join us. So uh, welcome to the Property Voice podcast. And um, why don't Thank you – No, you're welcome. Uh, why don't you um, – Give us a little bit of uh, an outline. We're in the middle of this series on, on financing, and, and today we're going to talk about uh, – I know we, there's a couple of umbrella terms, so we're probably going to get into that, but peer-to-peer slash crowdfunding, uh, that's where we're talking today. But why don't you give us a, a little bit of background about you and maybe uh, your sort of special – you know, an insight into your specialist knowledge in this particular area. Absolutely. Thanks, Richard. Um, so I, um, I spent a few years with uh, – one of the big banks um, with uh, RBS and with a couple of the other great big finance behemoths uh, that exist around the world and sort of at one point decided I needed to uh, um, branch out a little bit, diversify my, my experience and also have a bit more fun uh, than was, was happening in the, in the bad old days of finance around 2008, 2010 when I left. Uh, and I, I moved towards um, the fintech sphere by by taking a job with Funding Circle. Um, so I spent just under two years with Funding Circle, helping to build their property finance offering. So at the time, they were only doing funding for trading businesses. Um, they didn't have anybody with any property experience, and it was an area that they were very keen to get involved in to help them increase their loan amounts, the amount of money that they could they could get out the door and, and uh, their overall portfolio as well as hit a new, a new type of borrower. So we put together our product and launched it probably about six months later and it was doing very well and it continues to do very well for them. 
Um, since then, uh, a couple of years after I started the funding circle, it got to sort of the business as usual area, which was fun, but again, very similar to my work with RBS and, and companies before that. So once we got to the business as usual point of the product life cycle, it's time for me to move on and, and help another company get started. So I moved to a peer-to-peer -peer lender. I did about a year's worth of consultancy work with a company called Crowd to Fund, which uh, also funds property, but as, as well trading businesses. And then I spent a year working with a company called the GK Group. So that encompasses GK Capital, which is a peer-to-peer -peer firm that you might hear a bit more about in the next six months. It's one that's just are launching now, as well as GK Credit and GK Pay and a couple of other uh, offerings that they have. But that, that sort of brings me to today when I've recently joined Totem Finance with um, an old colleague from RBS, Piragash, who um, I think you're having on very shortly. But uh, we're now looking at different ways for uh, investors to um, to gain finance for property development. So, so we're a, a funding brokerage. We help businesses access finance. Yeah. So that's exactly what we're looking for. Someone who's actually been on the inside, if you like, of the industry and, and you've been involved with some of the startup operations, obviously Funding Circle, I'm sure a lot of people would have heard about uh, and obviously uh, the crowd, crowd to Fund and G, UK Group was that. Uh, That's right. Yeah. yeah. So thank you again. Um, now, we talked a little bit earlier and I want to get into this right at the beginning. Peer-to-peer -peer crowdfunding mm -hmm. What's it all about? What's the difference? Uh, and where does it fit in? More to the point, because this is obviously a property-orientated uh, podcast. Where does it fit in as far as property investors and property developers are concerned from a financing point of view? Absolutely. So peer-to-peer um, -peer finance, uh, probably the biggest advantage, that the big uproar that it's creating and the, and the reason it's so buzzy and it's, it's such a big disruption to the industry is that it's sort of decentralizing finance and rather than going to the all-powerful megabank that sits on the high street and, and asking for funding, uh, there's just a lot more access to funding. There's, there's different people running funding platforms and so many different models out there now. Um, rather than your typical, you know, individual goes and puts money into a savings account and tucks it away for 10 years and the bank borrows that money in the meantime to lend it to, on the high street and sits back and sort of takes in the difference. Um, we now have peer-to-peer -peer lending, which is making things a bit more democratic. It's that individual, instead of going to put their money into a savings account, can now choose to log onto a website, do their own due diligence to some extent, and it depends on which platform you use, how much due diligence you have to do your, yourself, and then choose which business or which projects um, they'd like to put the money into. And because there's so many different models out there, we touched on some of the terminology. There's peer-to-peer -peer finance, there's crowdfunding, and now if, if you want to be right on the cutting edge, the, the word that's getting thrown around a lot these days is marketplace investing. Um, it's another spin on a, on a similar concept that's been emerging. And, and each of these different models pertain to, you know, sometimes it'll be a full due diligence model from the platform, and you literally just go on and put your money into the into an account and then take the interest out all the way to the other end of the spectrum where you have an investor who logs onto the platform, does all the due diligence, they um, research the person behind the business or the project in the case of property finance, 
they research the actual home. You might even be able to go and visit the home and, and take a look at the bricks and mortar yourself and decide where you want to place your funding. And of course, this has implications to the borrower as well. Uh, the borrower may need to make themselves available for due diligence, uh, to answer phone, you know, to get on the phone and, and answer questions, to sort of do a bit of marketing themselves. In some cases, these platforms will literally just be a platform that allows you to run your own funding campaign, market yourself, uh, go up to friends and family and say, will you lend money to me? If so, put it into this project using this website, etc. Uh, so it does, it does create a lot of opportunity for borrowers in the sense that there are so many different models out there, uh, all of them using a slightly different spin on old school finance. It's no longer just a typical go to a bank, fill out a form, uh, wait three months and hopefully get the funding. Uh, there's, there's a lot more different models being used today yeah that's kind of where i was going with it really there are lots of different models but i guess the the biggest one um if using the old terminology that's become more known let's say as far as uh, property is concerned is is crowdfunding uh so mm. and and i guess my particular interest would be uh as a as a property investor or property developer to be able to go to let's say the crowd which is, you know, a collection of peers. That's why it probably falls under the, the heading of peer-to-peer. -peer. But uh, go to the crowd as a collection of uh, these people who could potentially collectively fund my project. Now, whether it's a buy-to-let investment, whether it's a development of some description, um, effectively, I could go to a platform and, uh, and draw down money. Would that, would that be fair? There is a marketplace that exists where I could tap into another source of funds as opposed to mainstream banks. There is absolutely. There's um, there's many of them. I've I've heard depending on who you ask, there's anywhere from fifty to a hundred, as possibly as high as two hundred peer-to-peer platforms out there in the UK today. So um, I mean, personally, and this won't be the definitive market accepted answer, but I personally view crowdfunding as the term for slightly more um philanthropic directed platform. So it could be, uh, we designed this amazing backpack. It, it just needs to get made. Nobody's making it. We don't have the money. You know, will you chuck in a couple of pounds and we'll get it made uh, and we'll thank you with you know, a discount on the backpack, so, something like that. Or maybe uh, so-and-so needs some support because of a health issue. Let's all kick in five quid and, and hopefully get this person helping it. That's uh, it won't be everybody's view, but I see that as more crowdfunding, which is something that comes to having today. Um, personally, I view peer-to-peer -peer finance as the slightly more hard-headed commercial view. Um, somebody who's looking to put money in, make an investment, get a return, uh, you know, a win-win proposition on both sides, you know, from the borrower and the investor. Uh, as I say, that's not everybody's accepted view, but that's kind of how I like to differentiate the two. Okay, so shall we use peer-to-peer -peer as the generic term for the rest of the uh, rest of our conversation? Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I think it's, it probably fits better for us. Excellent. Um, and so, um, in terms of peer-to-peer uh, -peer then, and peer-to-peer -peer financing, as far as property is concerned, in, in general, in general, different, um, in general terms, how does it work? Um, what does it, you know, what's involved, and how do people go about it? Sure. Well, on the front end, it probably looks very similar to 
your typical banking relationship, you'll have, uh, you might go through a broker like myself, you might go directly to the platform and, and tell them a little bit about what you like money for, who you are, what your background is, and, and your experience, and they'll take all sorts of information off you, they'll run a credit check, uh, and they'll hopefully approve it for you. But that is the point where it changes slightly, because most peer-to-peer -peer platforms won't just then cut your check. What, what they'll then do is they'll list it on their platform, so they'll advertise your business, your proposition, uh, and it, how much information they release depends on the platform, their business model, and, and to some extent your consent, your level of consent. And investors will then get an opportunity to decide whether or not they like what it is you're doing and whether or not they'd like to contribute to it with the hope of making a return. Um, that process can take a week, two weeks, six weeks. Uh, it really depends on the platform and the amount of investors they have. And what they'll do is they'll, that's, that's the point where they're going out seeking funds for you and they're trying to um, knock together all the, all the money that you're looking to borrow. Uh, and once once that's complete, once it's funded, if it funds, um, then they'll look. Then it will progress back to your traditional lending relationship, where you know they might have to do their evaluations or, or whatever, and then they'll transfer the money to you, and you'll carry on as if um, as it were with any other bank. Okay, and um, I guess you said if it funds, is that a key part in the process? Because you know I've seen you know with Kickstarter and those sort of uh, crowdfunding platforms, for example, that um, you know if you set a funding limit and you don't reach it, then you 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 don't get any of the money. Um, is is that typically how it works with peer to peer peer to peer, or could it be that well you've got eighty percent of the funds, so we could advance you eighty percent of your target? Would that be acceptable? Do, do they have differences in how they work that way? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, particularly when you're looking to borrow for the sake of property development, you'll almost always find that you need to reach your target. Um, it's, you know, if, if you need to buy a property for 200000 and you need 50000 to develop it, getting you 150000 isn't isn't going to do much for you. In fact, it's only going to increase the risk um, in, in many cases. So most platforms, as I say, especially with property development won't allow you to take part of the money. It'll be kind of a hard target. Uh, that's not always the case, especially with trading businesses. If you're looking for £50,000 for stock, there are some that work on, those, on the more Kickstarter model who will give you, as long as you reach a hurdle sometimes, um, they may give you part of the money. But um, yeah, particularly with property development, and, and that can be a major risk. Yeah. If you're going to one of the, the bigger lenders, like Funding Circle, they have a fantastic um, track record of funding. Last I checked, absolutely everything they've ever listed. Uh, and they have different ways of, of doing that, of course. But uh, there are many smaller platforms where, you know, it can be the exception that something gets fully listed or fully funded, that is, after it's listed. And you might find projects failing or, or, or not being funded left, right, and center. And that can be a waste of your time and a risk for you as well as, as a borrower. Yeah, I got that. And so, but in terms of opportunity, you 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 talked about this being um, you know decentralized finance, and it's an emerging technology fintech, as you say. It's, uh, it's disruptive. It's growing. But in, in terms of you know the the average, uh, maybe not the average, but the for property investors and property developers, would you say it's a big opportunity? Uh, whether it is now or whether it might be in the future. Yeah, 
Yeah, certainly. Um, I think it's quite a big opportunity. It's possibly going to have less of an impact on property development as a as a niche area of peer-to-peer -peer lending, but it will certainly have an impact. And uh, I, I think we're already seeing it. I mean, just recently, Funding Circle announced that they were the third biggest lender to small business in the UK uh, this year. So they were behind RBS and have to, one of your listeners, I have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Lloyd's was the other one that was bigger than them. And uh, I mean, that's, that can only have an impact on, uh, on the banks as well. When you have a competitor that's that, that dominant that quickly. Um, so there will be other platforms who are offering funding, like Funding Circle has dove into the, the property space. There are a couple of others. Landbay is one that, that are doing property lending. Not all of them are getting into property lending. However, whether they are or they aren't, just having more sources of funding will not only change terms and make, make more money available in the wider market, but it will also force banks to be more competitive. So Funding Circle, as an example, tend to turn loans around within two, three weeks, something like that. Uh, they can get go from application to cash in your bank account within that time, and that's forcing the banks to be faster. You know, the, the days of taking three to six months uh, to get a loan out of a bank are just not acceptable anymore. Consumers have more choice, and banks need to toe the line, and they need to recognize that uh, there is more competition, and they need to do better than they have been. And that will have an impact, whether you're borrowing directly from peer-to-peer -peer or if you're borrowing from a bank that is looking at peer-to-peer -peer over their shoulder. So you're going to have you're going to have more options. There's going to be more of these players, as you say, coming into the marketplace and getting bigger, and that's going to create more competition. So I can see competition will probably drive better service, such as turnaround times, as you mentioned. Um, I guess it'll, uh, price will you know, be squeezed as well with some of the more established players because there's going to be more options people go to uh, as well. But um, what, what are the sort of general, you know, they, they are probably quite key benefits, but what, what other benefits might you see um, come out from peer-to-peer -peer financing as far as in, in investors are concerned? As far as investors, um, you know, who are looking to, to borrow from uh, the peer-to-peer firms, I think that's going to be that's going to be the majority benefit. You're going to see the banks sort of smarten up and, and move more quickly and move with a bigger view to satisfy the customer. Um, that's probably going to be where the biggest impact will be. Uh, as I say, there are more companies to lend to, and there are more models as well. So you might find. Uh, some platforms will take share in equity. You might find um, some platforms will be willing to cobble together equity investors for you. Um, so I suppose we're looking at it primarily at the moment. Uh, up to this point, we've been discussing debt. But that's not to say that equity doesn't also exist in the peer-to-peer -peer space. Um, so there'll be other ways to access equity and smaller equity investors as well as debt with all the different models that come along with it. Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, there's uh, speed and there's variety and the service level and that sort of thing comes in. You've got the equity play as well as the debt play. Um, you know, people can perhaps put, um, you know, it's not just borrowing money, it's also investors, you know, putting money into your project. So there's a couple of reasons, you know, I, I gather from, from what you just said. Um, one of the questions I do want to ask you, though, is that I did a bit of a write-up um, about some of the peer-to-peer -peer lenders a while ago. And... Um, 
you know, I've used previously a phrase of banks in disguise and you talked earlier about credit checks and this sort of thing. But um, are they following bank-based processes in the main? I mean, apart from speed but uh, and the platform they're going. But are they, are they looking at, uh, have they got like a credit committee type of process? Do they do a formal credit application in the same way that banks do? Or they are, are they starting to look at things in different ways and, and maybe separate themselves in, in that kind of way? Yeah, that's true. There is um, there is some variance in their internal procedures, and, and some of the bigger and more established ones are probably, yeah, banks in disguise is, is a fair phrase to use. I mean, um, Funding Circle have on their board uh, ex-Wachovia directors, for example. Um, uh, I'm sure there's other people that have moved over from, from banks to now work for platforms. Surely some of the, the other employees, that, I mean, like myself, I was from a bank to go and work for them and naturally that's going to filter in some bank processes into peer-to-peer -peer processes and some of those are going to be best practice so they're they're going to be for the better however there are other platforms that are doing uh, more interesting things one of them uh, for example or oh, the name has just slipped my mind I'll, uh, I'll come back to the name but uh, what they do have is something called diligence uh, diligence by crowd. So what they'll do is they'll list um, a deal on the website and they'll give you the information that you need to do your diligence. That's what they will say is that they'll list sufficient information and sort of leave it to the crowd to do the background checks, do the searching, and if you're they take that as a vote of confidence. So it's, it's an interesting model. I guess you could call that a massive crowd um, credit committee is one way to look at it. It's it can be a bit intimidating as a borrower because instead of having to justify your project to five or six people in a, in a room, you know, you've, you've got uh, a crowd that you can't see online potentially doing all sorts of digging. Uh, and as I say, that can be quite intimidating and not every platform will expect you to release that sort of information. But that's um, FinCats is the name of that platform. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. So and and I guess the conclusion is that I mean it is you know even if you've got uh, equity, um, debt or equity in fact, it is still a financial proposition. There should be due diligence that takes place. People you know would would be reckless, wouldn't it, just to throw money at people without making a few checks. And so this this is obviously going to be some bank or venture capital type of processes which go into it. So. Um, which perhaps a bit unfair of me to expect uh, none of that to exist. But mind you, I think the, what would you call it? The diligence by crowd. I think that might be a bit yeah. scary. Thousands of people yeah, pouring yeah. over your, uh, you know, your credit file or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they would go, they probably wouldn't go so far. There's a privacy issue there, of course. And um, I don't know if they go so far as to release your, well, they wouldn't go so far as to release your private credit information, the amount yeah. on your mortgage or your credit card, for example, but they might release the details of your project, what you expect the GDB to come out, and uh, you might have people in the crowd who will speak up and say, what, 500,000 in that neighborhood? No way. Uh, and you'll have others who say, oh, I think that's very fair, you know, so <laughs> you'll find your project discussed uh, to no end in a forum somewhere. But um, it can be interesting, and it can... I, in some cases, that can even help to kick the project into shape if, if the crowd comes up and says, well, I'll put in 50 quid, but I have a feeling that you might get more equity out if you did it in this structure, or you might get, you might get more of a profit out of it if you do it this way. Uh, so that could be an advantage as well.
very interesting. Very interesting. I'm going to go looking that up later on, but um, probably to keep it on track. <laughs> what are, in terms of uh, generally, generally, how uh, how would a property investor? So we're talking from that perspective, property investor, property project. How would they get themselves ready um, to pitch, if you like, their project with a, a P2P provider? And, and does it differ uh, from other types of lending uh, proposition? Definitely. Um, so when you engage with a platform, they'll tell you what their process is. And of course, it'll vary from platform to platform, which is kind of the, the theme that we're, that's emerging here. But uh, some will do more work than others to get you pitch ready. So what they may do is they may send you examples of other pitches. And they may expect you to put together a PowerPoint presentation. Um, they may expect you to put together pictures and uh, diagrams, etc., etc. Or they may take you by the hand and they may ask you for the raw information and they may put it all together on your behalf. Uh, so what you'll need is the full details of, of your project, what you have planned, uh, your background, your information, you know, all the stuff you would expect for a bank, what you're buying the property for, how much you want to spend, what you're going to do with it, and what the GDP is ultimately going to be, along with profit potential, etc. So I have that, that information to hand. Uh, don't expect to go there and, and to sort of cobble it together as the conversation emerges. You know, have that information to hand, and they'll take it from you, and they'll help you to kick that into shape as a, a presentation for potential investors. Okay, so, and, and as you say, I think the key phrase is it varies from platform to platform. Of course, yeah. yeah. Much more so than with banks, I think. Okay, yeah, banks usually a generic application form, which is fairly consistent um, from, from provider to provider. But this one um, it depends on the, the model of the platform, I guess. Um, that can uh, yeah shape that and and I guess you know the the unwritten thing here is that perhaps having some guidance could be useful yeah uh, where, where to go to yeah I mean most platforms will have examples of successful campaigns and unsuccessful ones and that's probably a good word to remember as well actually is the term campaign so as for the bank you might be going in the door giving them information completing the application get your money um, the flip side with peer-to-peer -peer is that it will be a campaign. So whether you're doing, whether you're driving that campaign or the platform is, there will almost always be an element of publicity that somebody does in order to bring in the funding on your behalf. That's actually a really good distinction. Uh, I think you just made there because I hadn't really thought of it that way. But you're right. You're right. Um, it's it's kind of a marketing campaign, uh, the mm. marketing campaign yeah. to raise funds. But um, mm. it's a good way of putting it actually. And certainly with some campaigns, um, some platforms over others. I mean, you look at uh, platforms like Kickstarter, they're very much, I mean, it's even in the name Kickstarter, it's very much a publicity thing. And, and I do think of some of them almost as um, a financial entertainment. It's almost like you're putting money in just to like have a go, a bit, a bit like playing a casino, whereas others, the more grounded, the more level-headed, Companies like Funding Circle, um, for example, are less financial entertainment and more hard-headed investment. Okay, mm -hmm. And have you got any sort of general tips and pointers, um, you know, for people looking at peer-to-peer uh, -peer and, and crowdfunding? Does it, and you know, for example, does it suit particular projects or particular situations? Yes, definitely. Um, 
there will be projects that are easier to, uh, that are more appropriate for these sorts of platforms. A lot of it, as we've kind of touched on, will come down to how much of the information can be in the public domain, because there is a privacy issue in some cases, and, and that will also speak to which platform you want to go to. So um, that, that will be a question worth asking when you go to the platform. How much uh, information am I going to have to release? Yeah. And if it's if you're a private person, it's a very private uh, investment that you're making. Then perhaps peer-to-peer -peer isn't for you. If you're willing to put at least the basics into the public sphere, then yeah, maybe it suits you better. And uh, I suppose the other thing could be timelines. If it's a long-term project, perhaps it's not it's not for the peer-to-peers. Um, if it's quite a complex project or it requires complex uh, solutions with the funding, then peer-to-peer -peer will you'll probably find more opportunity in peer-to-peer -peer than with the banks who tend to be straight down the line and expect cookie-cutter deals that you know maybe suit peer-to-peer -peer very well. When it comes to uh, engaging a peer-to-peer -peer platform, uh, which platform you choose is is going to be critical. Uh, the last thing you want to do is just Google peer-to-peer, -peer, whichever one comes up first, spend the next six months teamed up with them. I mean, some are going to, as we've touched on, expect quite a lot from you. Some will expect less. That may be reflected in fees. But I would say one of the main things to be conscious of is the success rate of funding for, um, for the platform that you choose to deal with. You can generally figure this out by spending some time on the website. You can see how many different deals they have, how long those deals are listed on the website. If you go back to the same website uh, every day for a month and the same loan is listed on that platform, you have to expect that yours will probably be on there for a month as well. Mm. And that might be okay for you. you. You might expect funding quicker. But if you're looking for money inside of a week or two, you don't want to use a small name platform with deals with the same deals listed on it for six weeks because you you won't get your funding in a week. Um, so that's that's something to be to be conscious of. Uh, make sure there's some liquidity on there. Do some research and uh, see if they if they have the funds behind them that they that they offer. Okay, there's some good good pointers there. Um... Because I guess the, the ones who are very successful are going to shout about it. <laughs> uh, you'll probably find the mm -hmm. data easily, in other words. But the ones who are not so successful, you probably, they're probably not shouting about it too much or they're, they're, they're showing it in a very um, uh, clever way, let's say. <laughs> That's true, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so a bit of digging. I, I was just thinking to myself, because yeah. um, it, it covers such a broad array of different uh, possibilities, but um, we're trying to get to the practicalities a lot in this series, and, and one of those is, you know, well, what what is the right funding solution for the right project? What what sorts of projects, you know, that you can think of? I mean, I'm thinking in my head a buy-to-let project, a bridging short-term finance project, a uh, a refurbishment project, a conversion project, a development project. Okay, so that's just five, mm -hmm. which is kind of thrown out there. Would would any and all of those still be suitable for a, a you know some sort of peer-to-peer -peer or crowdfunding solution, or do you think some of them lend themselves better than others to consider that route? Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, personally, I think that the development projects are probably going to be ideal for a peer-to-peer. -peer. You've got a situation where someone has a great plan, a great scheme, the skills behind them, uh, the track record, and 
they can do this. What's holding them back is they need to unlock some money uh, for six months, a year, year and a half potentially, to get this project completed with big rewards on the back end. And that is that's perfect for crowdfunding, peer-to-peer -peer lending. Um, that's something that's going to be easy to convince the crowd or a group of people to part with their money for with the hopes of making a, a nice return in six to 12 months. Um, what may not be best suited, and no doubt there are platforms that do it, but possibly not as attractive is the buy-to-let deals, which are fairly vanilla, fairly straight down the line, a bit less risk, but, but um, require probably a longer-term commitment and a shorter return, or, and a, a lower return, I should say, uh, you know, over the same period. So, you know, peer-to-peer -peer tends to be a shorter timeline return. So, um, yeah, as I say, you'll no doubt find a buy-to-let uh, product out there through peer-to-peer, -peer, but probably less attractive than some of the, you know, you mentioned refurbs, developments, those types of things are going to be uh, right in the right space for Yeah, uh, so if you've got relatively short, um, relatively short time scale, so up to 18 months being short, um, two years perhaps at a push, but relatively mm -hmm. short time scales and a degree of complexity, you're perhaps adding value to, to the property um, in some way, shape or form, they would probably be accused to say, well, let's look at crowdfunding or peer-to-peer -peer as, as an option. Yeah, certainly. Yep, I think that's a good way to wrap it. Excellent. So we, we actually had a, a preliminary conversation, didn't we, before we, we came on uh, and, and did a recording. But um, I don't know if you remember, I started talking to you about resources mm -hmm. and, that, and that sort of thing. And um, I just wondered if you've got any particular resources that um, maybe our listeners could find helpful um, that you use. Yeah, absolutely. Would you like them to, yeah. Yeah, so I think um, mine primarily just come around to uh, doing background checks and, and doing sort of reputation checks for these platforms. So uh, a big one, and it doesn't just apply to peer-to-peer, -peer, so it won't be it won't be earth-shattering or particularly new to a lot of people. But Trustpilot is is a great resource, a great website for uh, getting a bit of background about a company before you do business with them. Uh, you know if uh, if you go to Trustpilot, these being peer-to-peer, -peer, being almost by definition websites, they're bound to have a Trustpilot page, and they'll have lists of reviews. There'll be borrowers and investors, and you want to see both sides happy, really. If you're um, if you're seeing investors unhappy, then they're not going to have many investors for long. And, and clearly, if you're a borrower, you want to see borrowers happy with um, with their experience with that platform as well. And um, probably more so than any other industry, you're going to want to see depth of records as well. If you've got five or six people on Trustpilot reviewing it, that's, I don't, I wouldn't consider five or six people a crowd, unless you're in a small London flat. It's not, um, <laughs> uh, it's not going to be the type of crowd you need to, to fund a big property deal. You're going to want to see dozens, if not hundreds of reviews on Trustpilot to, to be confident that it has a big user base. There is also, I believe it's called the Alexandria listing um, which you'll forgive me you'll have to google but um, the Alexandria listing I believe is the one that gives you the depth of users on a website as well it tells you what the sort of traffic figures are for a website and you want to see you know pretty substantial traffic going to a peer-to-peer website to know that it's going to have a crowd of people mm -hmm. um, and then on a more uh, on a more regulatory uh, view. I look at the Peer-to-Peer Finance Association, which lists a very short list of 
I think we decided it was about six or eight peer-to-peer -peer finance platforms that um, although it's not an industry regulator, it, it is an industry trade body and the industry as a whole is very concerned with um, making sure that things are done responsibly and this is their way of, of uh, making sure that happens. So the Peer-to-Peer -peer Finance Association holds platforms to account. They require that businesses are operated in a certain way to make sure that uh, things are done on the up and up. Um, the FCA is, you know, improving their offering in the peer-to-peer -peer finance space. They are sort of ratcheting up their regulation. It's not as highly regulated as bank, of course, or even most lenders, but it's certainly getting that way. And um, the regulation is getting tighter and tighter every day. And that's, that's a good thing from all accounts. You know, the biggest peer-to-peer -peer lenders are cheering this as well because you know, all it takes is, is one swindle and you know, all the credibility has gone in the industry. So you can also check out uh, any sort of government websites, the FCA, um, et cetera, uh, to make sure that they have a, a clear background. And, and you, know, you might even see that they're a, a regulated firm, directly regulated. Usually it'll be at the bottom of the website if they're directly regulated or if they're um, an appointed representative from somebody else. Okay. That gives you an idea. Mm -hmm. how credible they are as well. Yeah. Yeah, the regulation piece is emerging still as as indeed the industry is. And so um you know I think that that's the other thing that perhaps might, you know, put people off a little bit. Um the and the finance association, the peer to peer finance association, I think uh, we weren't sure, but it was between 6 and 8 roughly members. But if you yeah. you earlier said something of the order of 50 to 200, you know, different types of peer to peer lender out there. Um, it's obviously a very small minority of the wider industry. So, um, you know, I know, you mentioned ThinkCats and you mentioned Funding Circle, and I believe both of those are members of the Peer-to-Peer -peer Finance Association. So that's right there. Yeah. yeah. So it, you know, it's a thin end of a wedge. You know, is a, I guess where I'm going that you know, regulation and and yeah. uh, and, and industry, um, you know, how do you call it? Um, industry compliance, if you like, is is still growing and emerging. And I guess that was the big mm -hmm. takeaway there. But so thanks to the resources. And Trustpilot's a good one. Um, that's interesting because what was going mm -hmm. through my head was uh, almost a crowdfunder is getting uh, reviewed by the crowd. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. but we're using crowd yeah, to, uh, to another level. Here we go. Um, we're going to sort of, I'm going to ask in a second about, you know, maybe how to get a hold of you and what, what do you do effectively, Craig, but is there anything that, you know, you feel that we should bring out into the open whilst we're talking uh, before we do that, before we draw a close? Possibly just, uh, I mean, what we've just touched on is the regulation and that's, um, it's probably not uh, the right time to bring out at, at this point, you know, into the, into the wider discussion because it's probably a whole um, show into itself. It's, yeah. it's the regulatory piece around peer-to-peer. -peer. But what I would say is um, to anybody considering using peer-to-peer -peer finance, the framework for peer-to-peer -peer finance has gotten a lot stronger. Um, it started out with the FCA sort of giving the industry enough rope to hang itself. And I mean, it hasn't happened. It, it's been self-regulated uh, to, this, to this point, and it is becoming more and more regulated. It's becoming much more difficult to set up a platform, and it's certainly becoming much more difficult for things to go wrong. The industry is very concerned about its its own reputation, and they have done a good job of self-regulating. It is going to get tighter, and um, the fact that there is so many platforms out there, and so few of them are members of the Peer-to-Peer -peer Finance Association, 
is not reflective of the quality. It's not to say that there's only eight that are worth engaging with out of 200 or, or 4%. It's more a matter of um, those are the most established ones. Those are the ones that have been around the longest. And um, those are the ones that operate in a way that is defined by that uh, association as officially peer-to-peer. -peer. So there will be others who are doing more interesting things that maybe just don't fit perfectly into their space. Um, there may be some that just haven't proven themselves as of yet, but there will be more outside of just those six to eight that have something to offer. And especially if your particular deal is slightly quirky, you might find that you need to engage with a platform that's newer or a bit more cutting edge and not, not yet um, a member of that mainstream uh, trade body. Very good. Yeah, I think that's that's really helpful to know that it is a new area, and you know it's still emerging, still growing, and uh, I'm sure it's going to improve and tighten up over time. But your point about if it's a bit more quirky, then perhaps to perhaps actually you know looking at somebody who is still uh, getting themselves uh, sorted out could be could be quite useful. So that's quite mm -hmm. a good takeaway. So I guess to to draw a bit of a conclusion, it's like it's really where where do you fit in, and, and you know how could you help people make sense of all this? Because I I'm kind of thinking to myself, fifty to two hundred players, not all of them necessarily mm -hmm. regulated, not all of them necessarily um, member of the industry body. Um, horses for courses, you know, some some do secured lending, some don't do secured lending, some offer equity finance, and others don't. Um, you know. I guess I'm queuing you up, Craig. Where do you fit in, and how could you mm -hmm. potentially help? Absolutely. Well, as a as a broker, it's my job to know which lenders have which expectations, uh, and they might not even be lenders. They might be equity providers. And um, the best thing I can do is speak to a borrower, a property developer, and talk to them about what their project entails, where they're comfortable, what they're comfortable with, whether it's privacy issues, regulatory issues, etc. Um, we'll take a, a view as to just how quirky the deal is and we'll partner you up with the right platform. Um, you know, we have a good idea at Totem Finance of which peer-to-peer -peer firms are credible, which ones have the funding behind them, and which ones will, um, you know, make empty promises, I, I hate to say. But there are, there are some that will not be able to the impound deal. Uh, and we know which ones can and which ones can't. We're happy to speak to uh, a developer and talk to them and make sure they're partnered up with the right firm. So rather than holding a, a project back, the firm that they eventually engage with, you know, are pushing it forward instead. Very good. And so how, how can people get hold of you, Craig? Um, my email address is uh, craig at totemfinance.com. That's totem, T-O-T-U-M. Uh, we also have our website, totemfinance.com. Uh, you can use either one. I'd be happy to speak to anybody who has uh, a deal that they may need a little bit of help funding, and hopefully we can put something together for them. That sounds great. Um, and I think people probably will because, you know, uh, if nothing else, just to try and understand, you know, make sense of this and, and see it as an, uh, an option um, that they have available. Um, but, you know, perhaps a little bit overwhelming to think up to 200 different players uh, all operating mm -hmm. out there. So uh, I, I guess you can do the legwork. <laughs> and you, you've obviously yep. been on the inside track, you know, a couple of times now. So um, I'm sure you're mm -hmm. well, well positioned to help people. But I just want to thank you so much, actually, for coming on and uh, and sharing what you have about uh, this this emerging, you called it marketplace investing, didn't you? 
Oh, yeah, that's uh, another word that's starting to come out, another phrase that's starting to yeah. be bandied about a bit. Peer-to-peer crowdfunding, marketplace investing. So making sense of it all, mm-hmm. uh, effectively, it's getting money from uh, from crowds or individuals in in a, in a less than mainstream way and avoiding some of the former institutional um, uh, banks and this sort of thing. So appreciate it, uh, especially at the weekend. You're coming on. Um, we'll we'll get the show out. The show notes will be there, and all the all the links that you you shared. I'll dig them out and do the Google's do Google searches. Make sure they're in there, and of course your contact details will be in there as well. But so. As I say, thanks for Absolutely coming on. Thanks, and, thanks um, so much for having me on as well. You're welcome. You're welcome. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Richard. Take care. Bye-bye. So there's uh, there's plenty of resources that Craig mentioned. Uh, many thanks to him for, for sharing his wisdom. And uh, they're all in the show notes, Trustpilot, Alexandria Listings, uh, the FCA and Peer-to-Peer Finance Association. So check out the peer, um, sorry, the show notes and you'll find them there. Craig is also happy to give his time to walk through the uh, different options and the providers operate in the peer-to-peer and crowdfunding space. And as you can tell, uh, there's quite a few and they're quite varied in nature. So I think up to 200. So it might be a good idea just to give him a call. Um, his contact uh, details, he mentioned them, but they're also in the show notes. So have a look at those for those uh, to, to have a chat with Craig by all means. But finally, a quick wrap up from me. Uh, there, there were lots of good points that came out of this discussion with Craig, I think, not least of which the fact that there are such a wide variety of different providers and platforms that fall under the peer-to-peer or crowdfunding or, as Craig uh, referred to it, marketplace investing umbrella. And of course, we've got the unsecured lender types, people like Zopa. Then there's the business lenders such as Crowdcube. There's the secured lender types that will fund your property projects, such as Funding Circle. And then there's a few specialist providers that offer investors the opportunity to, to fund the company's own projects. So you're not funding your project, you're actually investing in somebody else's project. And there's people like Crowd with us, for example, and a few others. So as I say, quite a wide variety out there. And I'm sure I've missed a few out, so, uh, so maybe give Craig a call and he can help you to work out the best options to consider on your next property project. The, bro- uh, the brokerage that uh, Craig works for is Totem Finance, and they're not selling courses or anything like that. In fact, they get paid on results. So it's essentially the special offer that they have available to you, dear listener, is their time and their expertise. So make sure you mention the property voice if you do connect with them, though, won't you? Well, that's it for me again this week. Uh, by all means, do email me personally if you want to talk about anything from today's show or more generally in property investing, of course, to podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. And the show notes will be available at thepropertyvoice.net as usual. But now, though, all that remains for me to say is to say thank you very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.